0: that all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Good morning, church family. So my allergy medicine gives me cotton mouth really bad, so forgive me. If you will please turn to James chapter 1. And today we are in verses nineteen through twenty-one. So today is true faith is quick to hear. So James one verses nineteen to twenty-one. See, we're, we've been in here for so long. I have my little ribbon thing stuck for James. So verse nineteen: Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So as I was working through the the sermon this week, um, by the way, today is true faith is quick to hear. Okay, We've been working on true faith and what faith looks like. There's a phrase that I'm probably going to start using um, and it's the faith growth process. James is setting us up for success in our faith, and continuing to remind us the important things of what our faith looks like, how to grow it, how to continue to be at work, or allow God to be at work in our life. Um, but but today or this week, I was kind of thinking, what what's another good title for today? Um, so here it is. Shh, you're talking way too much. I need you to listen to me, and then. Take a break and chill out. How's that? Is that a little better? Is that a little little bit more to the point? Um, So James is is reminding us from the previous verse. Verse 18 talked about that um, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Uh, This next section of James talks about the importance of the word of God. Um, The written word of God. The spoken word of God. God speaking to us. How is that important? And of course, as I'm going through, you know, be quick to hear, slow to speak, all that, I'm thinking personal level all day. I know we all are. And there's important aspects to that. But it's even bigger than that. This is how we react to the Word of God and how we need to prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God um, in a healthy way, a way that's going to continue to help us grow in our faith, to multiply And to be fruitful in our relationship with God. So let's dig in. Um, James, in these three verses, gives us five uh, tools that we need to receive the word of God. And the first one is be quick to hear. The second is be slow to speak. The third is be slow to anger. The fourth is to put away all filthiness. And the fifth is receive with meekness. Uh, So kind of a game plan for us to deal with how we receive the word of God and kind of pretty much how we treat each other as well. So be quick to hear. Um, I am a terrible listener, and I have to apologize to each and every one of you because I know I've probably done this to you multiple times. Um, Carrie catches me like that. Here's what happens when we're having a conversation. And don't psychoanalyze me, by the way, the next time we talk which I know you will. So as you're talking to me and I'm looking interested and curious, right? Hopefully. In my mind though, I'm like, okay, I got to prepare how I'm going to come back with when once they're done talking, you know, I've got my own agenda to talk about and you know, I really disagree with this point and I really have this really cool story that happened to me just now and I really want to share that instead of what they're talking I mean, has anyone else done that a little bit? A few of you Yeah, I'm a terrible listener. Um, And like I said, Carrie catches me quickly. You know, are you listening to me? And I'm like, um, yes. I heard you. I don't know if I'm listening to you. Um, And so, but James is like, this is important. Uh, The word of God's important. We've got to really hear, stop and be quick to hear. It needs to be our default setting. As I've admitted to you, it's not my default setting to look intently in your eyes and hang on your every word and and I need to work on that so you I give you permission to call me out on that if you see my mind wandering which is probably 90% of the time um but be quick to hear uh, and this is important too when James wrote to the first century believers because they didn't have a written they didn't have the written word uh, they had to hear it um, at church if you will and they had to hear it, and not only hear it, but kind of really take it to heart, memorize it, catch hold, because they didn't get, they didn't have access like we have. I know a number of you are probably on devices, unless that's a game you're playing. But, um, I mean, we have access to the Word of God anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Um, and that's an amazing thing that we have, an awesome privilege that we have. But to to really be as intentional as the first century Believers that they heard and then thought, I've got to really get a grasp of this and take it to heart and live this out. That's the only way I remember things. And so here's this opportunity. By the way, does everyone have an actual Bible, like the printed Bible? If you don't, I, I probably shouldn't take a sip in the, in the middle of a sentence. But if you don't, I have... In my new office, a couple of shelves of some Bibles um, that are totally for giving away. If you don't have access to an actual printed word, please see me. Please talk to someone. Let us get you a Bible. I know the apps work, they give reminders for quiet times, and that's amazing, but there's something to truly holding the printed, bound Word of God in our hands. Um, By the way, it's already downloaded. By the way, you don't have to charge it, because you know why? It doesn't lose its power. Okay, you guys caught that. The second, First service, I had to repeat that. Let me say that one more time. This book does not ever lose its power. Um, so hold on to that. Literally hold on to that. But please, please, you know, if you don't have have a Bible, let me know so we can get that taken care of. So... James is saying, look, we've got the Word of God. We've, we need to listen to the Word of God. We need to hear God speak. Now, I've not heard God audibly speak. I know that he speaks through Scripture, through some Christian brothers and sisters, through my prayer time, through worship. Absolutely. Um, but it's hard sometimes. You really, truly have to stop and listen. Uh, to be still. One of my favorite phrases and verses. Turn with me, or I'll just tell you the story about First Kings, but you can turn with me to First Kings 19 if you want. But here is Elijah. Elijah's got some issues. He's running away from Jezebel. Um, he's taken off and running for his life and went up to a mountain uh, to get away and basically was just ready to die, feeling sorry for himself. And he calls out to God, God, please just take my life. Um, so he's waiting for a response. And he does hear God say to go out to the to the, the face of the, or the front of the cave up on a mountain. And then all of a sudden, this big wind comes. And this wind is so powerful, it breaks and chips the rocks. I mean, this is power. And Elijah knows God. All right, God, I hear you. But then all of a sudden, that wasn't God. And Elijah's like, well, you know, what, what's going on here? I thought that was God, and I don't hear his voice. So then an earthquake happens. Now, we're talking earth-shaken power, right? More of rocks are cracked. Um, there's destruction from this earthquake. Power in this earthquake. Elijah's like, well, God, I still don't hear you. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Then this fire. Imagine, have you guys ever been on the beach or seen a huge bonfire in the middle of the night? Um, it is, it is, it's awesome to, to see. So a fire comes through, and Elijah's gotta be like, oh, this gotta be God. You know, fire, power, all this. And sure enough, no voice of God. And Elijah's like, what's going on? And then God spoke in a still small voice, in a quiet whisper. That was a voice that Elijah heard. And I, I look at my life, I look at our culture. The chaos, the loudness of our life, um, my life is loud i don 't know about you, but it is difficult sometimes to hear God um, there's times I wish he would be a little you know turn the volume up God i can 't hear you, like the speaker at a drive through but but he 's not like that. He needs us to stop to be still, to intently listen to God, to his voice um, and so it's it's not easy it's it's a challenge to be quick to hear, um, but it gets us on our journey on this continued growth in our faith. And then next is to be slow, be slow to speak. This doesn't mean to just talk slower (laughs) to get your point across. I wish it was that easy. Well, I couldn't handle that either. Um, So God, God created us to speak less, right? There's only one mouth and two ears, right? So even our created body, of course, I think my mouth is quite larger than my two ears. Um, No comments, please. But to be slow to speak is not easy. But speaking doesn't allow you to hear. I don't know anyone at all ever that has ever been able to speak out loud and be able to hear something back. Um, So James is warning us to be to not speak so quickly. Um, I tell you what, social media causes us to speak pretty quickly, doesn't it? Um, A post comes across, you disagree, you're frustrated with someone, you're like, oh, I'm going to respond. You know, I'm being snarky or I'm being super creative with my answer. And click, 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 send. And now you've reacted too quickly and... Now you've engaged in a debate or a, a, a conversation, something that wasn't uplifting because we reacted too quick. We spoke too quickly um, via social media, via an email, um, a text without stopping and kind of taking a minute and praying about it. And I think we're, we all need to take a hold of that, that we can speak too quickly. And we have, again, these devices that allow us a super fast response um, without without taking time to just pause, think about that, is it worth reacting to, is it worth not, and really praying about how we're going to to respond. I came across a a sentence that said this, are we so eager to be teachers that we have no time to be students? Um, You know, I'm gonna teach them a lesson, I'm gonna teach them what's right, and, and you're engaging too quickly. When is the last time that we took a friendship, we took a marriage, we took a relationship with our children and thought, I want to be the, the student. You know, I want to hear your life. I want to hear what God is doing in your life before me just kind of like getting everything straightened out in you. Um, how many times do we need to stop and kind of take pause and listen to those around us? And even more importantly, God. God. How many times are we saying, "No, oh, God, I've got this," or "No, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bypass this part of the passage," and we kind of instruct God in what's going on instead of being the student? How much of a student are we in our relationship with God? Proverbs, of course, has some great things, and James uh, was was. You'll see a lot of the, a lot of proverbs through here in the Sermon on the Mount. So let me read you a couple of proverbs. Proverbs ten nineteen. Says in a multitude of words, Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes ruin. And even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is even deemed intelligent. Um, So Proverbs all throughout talks about being quiet and being not not speaking so quickly. So let's talk less and listen more to our spouses, to our children, to our family members, to our coworkers, to strangers that we meet and hear their story and, and be one that is willing to listen, but most importantly to our God. So we've got to, to be slower to speak or slower, quick to hear, slow to speak, and now be slow to anger. Um, anger kind of really messes things up, the whole listening and speaking part, doesn't it? There was a, I once saw a poster that read this. Temper is such a valuable thing, it is a shame to lose it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about that? You lose your temper? Well, what's your temper? Well, in steel, in metal, it is what causes the metal to be its strongest. Um, I love the show Forge and Fire, um, you know, the the... The quench and all that stuff to harden the, the steel that they 're working on so so temper kind of keeps a piece of steel the strongest, looking up temper and temperament it is also having to do with uh, musical instruments. The piano is tuned to the proper temperament and it 's the exact interval between each key so that you 're not out of key um, as you 're playing it so it 's got to be ton- tuned the temper of the the keys need to be right on. So then I thought, well, if you lose your temper, you probably sound as bad as a fourth grade uh, recorder choir. Right? How many of you, if people, you see people lose their temper, it sounds terrible. Um, so here's this, this picture of not losing your temper to be slow to anger. Um, another phrase I came across or, or sentence says this, wrath never furthers the cause of Right? Wrath never furthers the cause of right. You could be right, but if you get angry and bring wrath on someone, that's not helping your, your, the, the words that you're trying to tell that person to correct them. And I know this because I guarantee you and I know for a fact that I have never won an argument with Carrie when I got angry. Never. I could, could have been absolutely right, which is all the time. Um, I could have been right, but in my anger, now that has wiped, wiped it all off the table. Um, so the anger has nothing to do with any solid, healthy relationships of any kind. It does not produce the right life that God desires, or the righteous life. Um, an angry attitude creates an atmosphere where there is no side of the righteousness of God. Uh, we are not right with God when we get anger angry in that in an unhealthy setting um, and it diminishes the, the listening and the speaking. Turn with me to um, oh one more one more piece of Old Testament wisdom from Proverbs says whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. That's powerful. That's warrior strength that if you are slow to anger, you are better than any warrior or general that is t- trying to take a city. Um, turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 through 7. Here's a picture of David. He's already messed up and made his mistake with Bathsheba, um, causing all sorts of, of chaos in his own life. And realizing that that this isn't right. Or he's not realizing that, but Nathan does. Uh, Nathan needs to go to David and correct him and say, David, you're really messing up. You need to get this right. So Nathan tells a story to David, King David. And here's what the story, how it goes in 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 7. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought, and he brought it up, and it grew up with him and his children. It used to eat his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb, prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. He's getting really ticked off at this guy that is robbing of a of a poor man the one and only lamb that he has. As the Lord lives a man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are that man. How many times are we so caught up in our anger? We wake up angry. We we eat breakfast angry. We go to work angry. We hang out at work angry. We come home angry. There's this anger just in every aspect of our day. How many times has that blocked God trying to say, hold on, this is not worth it. You've got a situation that you need to deal with. Let me help you. Um, But we get so, and it it distracts us. It gets us, we we start looking at and being angry at other people who don't deserve it and not really seeing life in the the proper perspective. Um, Anger can totally contort our thoughts and our process, and we are absolutely missing the point. And David had no clue that Nathan was talking about him. So be slow to anger. Therefore, put away all filthiness. I love the King James Version. If you have the King James Version, this verse says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. But the King James for rampant wickedness says superfluity of naughtiness. Love that. Um, But but here is a picture of James saying, You've got to get rid of your sin, the wickedness, the word rampant. Uh, and superfluity is this excess. Um, it's just kind of overgrown um, because we, we're still with sin. We're not going to be without sin. So there's no way for us to get re- put away all of our, our, all of our sin. Uh, we still deal with sin on a daily basis. But if we've allowed a sin to grow, to kind of fester, to get out of control, and we haven't dealt with it, that's what James is talking about. Deal with that because it affects how we respond to the word of God. And so it's time to do some weeding. We are to receive the word of God, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So this picture of weakness is gentleness, it's humbleness, it's the opposite of anger. Um, If we are humble enough to understand that this word of God is powerful... And Almighty, the, Almighty God has spoken into these words of the Scripture. If we understand that, we understand that we have a lot more to understand and a lot more to learn and a lot more to get out of the Word, which causes us, and, and our, my hope is that it causes us to desire more. And that makes us great students. How many of you have ever taught students who wanted to learn? That's amazing. And that's what this meekness. We need to come willing to humble ourselves and be teachable in the implanted word that God has given us. And this implanted word is the word of God. It's, it's for our salvation. And this is a picture even of the parable of the sower. Uh, that If you remember, the, the sower threw out the seeds and it fell on the, the path that was trampled on. It fell on the rocks where it couldn't get the nutrients of the soil and didn't grow um, the birds came and, and picked them up and took off and, and had a good lunch. Uh, then there's the, the area with all the thorns and the weeds that overtook the seeds. But the one that is fruitful is, was the good soil. The soil without the weeds and without the thorns. And James, that's what James is saying. We've got to prepare. And, and as we accept Christ, yeah, we're the good soil. But it's, it, it takes tending. There's got to be continual work to get the weeds out of there to make sure it's protected from the birds, that people aren't trampling all over that. So there's work in our faith. Yes, all the power comes from God, the work of the Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus in our heart, but we've got to continue to to be aware of everything in our life and make sure things aren't getting in the way of receiving the implanted word of God. And so as we close, I want to give us a couple of points to help us keep that soil uh, at at its best, receiving the word continually. Um, And it's so much more than just a simple, okay, I'll be a better listener. I won't talk so much. Try not to be angry. It's so much more than that because it takes Jesus Christ uh, in our life to give us the strength and power to do that. So a few things for us to help us prepare our hearts. Is first to confess our sins, just kind of working through the weeding out of of the evil and and sin in our life. First John 1 9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the second one is get into the word. We've talked about the word all morning. Let's get into the word. Take time. And I know, you know, while I I can't do thirty minutes, I can't do an hour. Do five minutes. Five minutes a day is better than no minutes a day. Um, Get into the word of God. Psalm 119 says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. That's verse 18. And then let's pray. Why? the greatest access that we have to God the Father is in prayer. Um, and if we need to listen more, let's pray more. First Thessalonians five sixteen and 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray and then listen. We've talked about this so many times we have our list, get through our list, amen, off we go. When's the last time we prayed and just stopped and said, all right, God, speak to me. Um, Let me hear what you want me to do in these situations. Let me hear where you are doing work in this situation. So let's listen even more while we pray. And then this was a great transition into this week. Give thanks in all circumstances. We've got Thanksgiving coming up this week. I pray that we're thanking God more than just that one day. But let's thank God for all the amazing things that he's given us in our life and continue to hear the work that he's doing in our life um, because I guarantee you there's going to be even more to thank him for when we truly see him at work in our life and that we're not so quick to speak and distract others. We don't get angry and frustrated and, and try to do things on our own. We've got to rely on Jesus. Um, and as we have this time to close and go into invitation, I pray that we are reminded of how we have a God that wants to interact with us. And that's a two-way relationship. Um, it's not just us you know, trying to reach out and, and grab a hold of a God that we can't on our own, but it's because of Christ Jesus and his shed blood. But here's a God that loves us so much and wants to speak into our life to work in our life and we need to just just continue to hear and to to look out for and see God at work because he is, because he loves us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us that you help us to truly stop, truly be still, and hear your voice, uh, to look intently for you in all situations. Father, I pray for any relationships that we haven't been great on these skills, uh, that you help us to first rely on you as we work through uh, the relationships that you've given us. But I pray that you continue to mold us, to make us, to work on our faith in you, and to continue to seek after you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.